What a headshot! What a Hello and welcome to this week's The Two Pinter with myself, Gaz. And me, Jonas. And together we're going to argue and look at different sports uh, that kind of catch our eye. Uh, roughly speaking, we're a, I'm a Welsh um, Liverpool fan. And Jono? Uh, I'm an English uh, Blackburn slash Arsenal fan. <laughs> the Blackburns come out and tonight. Ca- <laughs> yeah, we're currently watching them on, on Totella. Um, yep, straight out of Blackburn, me. Um, yep, and currently uh, involved in a thrilling nil-nil with Hull. <laughs> of all professional foul from a whole player and that should be a yellow card it's already getting exciting Gareth uh, I'm sure the listeners can't wait for the uh, the live updates from the uh, the big game uh, down in the championship this tonight yeah got his yellow card that he deserved old Kingsley I know him. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no that Kingsley sorry <laughs> carry on Gareth yeah we'll carry on um, so tonight we'll look at uh, Premier League from the weekend uh, look at a couple of questions to pose from that we'll mention the Ashes although it'll only be a brief mention uh, which we'll come to in a bit uh, New Zealand v Wales, uh, the rugby, um, England, there's lots to talk about in terms of the rugby uh, pre-World Cup and then we'll do a couple of uh, quick rapid fire questions that might not be so rapid uh, towards the end on uh, a couple of various different sports. So you can find us on at the Pinter 2, uh, so at Pinter 2 on either Facebook or Twitter um, and please leave your comments, questions um, or just ignore us completely fine but if you want to add us as a... Uh, <laughs> 1-0 Blackburn. <laughs> oh, we have seen a live goal, Gareth. Wow. Off, uh, yeah, off a uh, nice free kick. That free kick from the professional foul. Justice, Gareth, has been served. But yeah, you carry on. So who scored? Uh, number three. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to clue these players, are you? I know some of them players. He doesn't look particularly familiar. We have got a bit of a new defence because we've got rid of uh, one of the defenders I know on loan. So... Uh, we got rid of Colin Henry sure. and it's Chris Sutton that scored, is it? <laughs> could be, could be. Uh, <laughs> I reckon I might know his name, but his face isn't straight coming to me. But, you know, all got a big, big celebration, Gareth, so, you know, it's hard to see sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, all the delirious players jumping on him. Right, well, we'll, we'll come back to uh, more live updates from uh, from Video Corner over there. Um, big, big Derek Williams. Oh, sounds Welsh. Um, right. Premier League then, Johnson. Let's try and start with that. Um, best result of the weekend? Uh, not much in the vein that you went last week and maybe not going for the most obvious ones. Uh, I think probably take about Norwich City. Um, oh. Yeah, impressive uh, result for them. You know, they came out against uh, your boys and, and got smashed, but, you know, showed some effort to play some football. Um, and, and fair play to that. It's always nice to see a team who comes up and tries to have a bit of a go at the Premiership rather than... Um, I think there was a stat last year, wasn't there, about uh, how it's more effective to be a team that plays sort of long ball and tries to sit back a bit than it is to play. But 
yeah, I mean, for a few fans, I know Norwich have been there before, so they're not complete novices to the Premiership, but it's been a little while. Mm. Um, you know, it's a bit more fun, and so they go against Newcastle, who, um, we don't have to say too much about them, but you've got you've got to be worrying about them if you're a, a Newcastle fan, I think. Um, but they come out and carry on, and uh, yeah, Pukki goes wild. Um, yeah, for players, seem to sort of be a, sound like a bit of a journey when moving around the league to, to get a hat-trick, and a lovely goal in there too. Um, and yeah, for Norwich to sort of Get them, you know, pick themselves up off the floor, you know, and then just rebound quickly. Uh, yeah, fair play. So I'll go Norwich. Yeah, fair enough. That's um, that was a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah, well, I see it was a bit of a surprise. I think Norwich winning was perhaps a surprise, but Norwich uh, Newcastle losing probably wasn't. So something <laughs> had to give somewhere, didn't it? It did, and I mean, obviously, we could go to the the Spurs City game, the big game of the weekend that we talked about, and um, yeah, I think uh, Spurs and, and we'll we'll find their lucky VAR stars. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, and yeah, I mean, if you look at the stats, City probably should have put Wayne in. What was it? Thirty shots on thirty attempts and ten on target, mm. and they managed to get two goals. Uh, Spurs had three attempts and they had two goals. So yeah. uh, you know, uh, stats are everything as, as as we know. Um, so yeah, Spurs would be well happy with that, even if they got very very lucky with that VR decision. That I didn't really understand. I didn't really see a particularly strong handball. Um, yeah, I. Don't, I, I, I it's a funny one, isn't it? I think I don't necessarily think it's VAR's fault that that goal. Uh, I know everyone's jumping up and down, and I know um, VAR have had a play in the change of the rule, um, but I, th- I think it comes back to the rule, the rule makers, um, and probably the same with offside. We had offside with Sterling the week, week before, and everyone's moaning about VAR because it was he was one millimeter offside. Well, by the rules, then he's offside, isn't he? I think it's it's a harsh rule um, and we need to perhaps go back to the drawing board and, and choose a, or adapting the, the laws um, but I don't think we could particularly blame VAR um, other than now it's being highlighted by, by VAR and effectively by the by the laws the right decision was come to yeah and no, I think um, pre-VAR we've had so you, you use the offside rules so that's not a bad one to go there used to be the phrase daylight in there and then they used to be give the you know the attacking player the benefit of the doubt and now Day, daylight was daylight was, light. yeah but daylight was never a, that was only like a, a guidance daylight was never a law okay so we, we guidance and, and then the light I mean you, it should be should be black and white shouldn't it uh, the offside rule and yet we've had different advice on it and now we're you know, mm. looking at it again and saying if, it, if you're going to measure it exactly well then surely that's the best outcome isn't it we can measure it exactly now if you can measure it exactly then that's as accurate as it's ever going to be let's not talk about daylight or whether it's his toe over or not if, if he's offside he's offside as you say um, in, if VIR clarifies laws that were previously um, ambiguous and they're right you, you can't do it completely but um yeah, especially as a problem myself, I think it was pretty soft and I'd be aggrieved if I was City. Um, but, yeah, as you say, letter of the law, and if VR makes things clearer the letter of the law, then mm. um, it's a fairer game, aren't we? If we're, you know, if we're saying, if we were moaning about all these referees getting decisions wrong, as we did on this pod last season, if we've now got a device that helps us, some people have been calling for it for a while, while we now... As soon as it happens, it doesn't go exactly the way we want. We moan about it again. Is it? Do we just? Is, is that really what we want? We just want to keep controversy. Should we just get rid of VR so we can keep controversy in football? <laughs> yeah, I suppose there'll always be some form of controversy. But the, the that that rule change for the handball, 
this could mean me being completely like revisionist history here, but I'm sure there was. I'm sure Everton played Millwall. I don't not just because they lost. I'm bringing it back up again, but uh, they played Millwall in the FA Cup last season, uh, and I'm sure one of the goals was a the ball was booted off the uh, the Millwall striker, but it hit his arm. Um, didn't know anything about. It wasn't it wasn't a um, deliberate handball, but it went into the goal from from his hand. So the kind of the, the really the law should have been well. You, no matter how accidental it is, you can't score by your, by a, a non-playing part of your body. Um, now I'm not saying that was the basis for the change of the law, but I think that was an example of um, how the law just perhaps needed adapting somehow. Or they seem it seems to be coming to the point where any time the ball touches your hand in the penalty area, then we're going to give whether it's a penalty or a free kick or disallow the goal or whatever. United had that one against um, PSG, didn't they, last year, which seen a little bit of a harsh um, penalty on PSG, but by the letter of the law, it hit his arm, so they gave the penalty. It was about making the making the uh, silhouette of the body bigger or something like that, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, just... Yeah, it, it's 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 going to take a bit of time, I guess. So I suppose we can hope that it, you know if, if things tied up around it and um, they make a more effective way of using it, then then that's a, a good thing. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, I heard someone say that the same people who are moaning to bring technology for are probably the same people who are moaning about it now. So mm. we're not going to please everyone, are we? No. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. I think uh, City will feel aggrieved, but. Um, yeah, I suppose later the lawyer you did touch with his arm and that did benefit Jesus in some way. Yeah, yeah. Even if it looked, even if it looked a bit incidental, um, yeah. and yeah, no, the Millwall one you mean that was yeah the one in the FA Cup. Um, it did go in off his arm, which you say probably does seem a bit ridiculous. So um, yeah, those ones seem a bit wrong, but yeah, again, where where do we just draw the line with those sort of ones? Uh, yeah, and if 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 you if you can't start making everyone a judgment call, then. Yeah, if it hits the arm and it affects play, then it's a handball regardless if it's ball to hand, hand to ball, etc. Mm. Um, but that'll, yeah, that'll test our sensibilities and what we think we know and love about football and how we've always understood it, I guess, won't it? I do feel sorry, though, for the City uh, fans. That's the second time in about six months, not less than that, wasn't it, uh, where they've jumped up and down from a, a 3-2 or a last-minute equal winner <laughs> against uh, Spurs and <laughs> Spurs, yeah. end up having to... It's not quite the same as like an offside goal, is it? Because you've... You look for the flag. The flag's not there. She so can carry on jumping, and and then about three minutes later, they they bring it back and say, actually, no, that was a the pint that you just thrown up in the air over your head or whatever. That's no longer um, no longer a goal. Uh, and I did hear um, yeah. an interesting sorry, cool. just going to say an interesting uh, <laughs> rule change or rule on that is if a player gets booked for taking his shirt off, and then the goal gets disallowed by VAR, the the yellow card doesn't get rescinded. <laughs> yes, to do this as well. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, quite. I mean, I think the Champions League one, the one at the weekend, I didn't probably enjoy it much. Champions League one was amazing. The, the drama it provided, the one with the Sterling goal that wasn't a goal. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it feels a shame that you can't maybe celebrate as much as you as hard as you would have done before. But at the same time, it does just be like, oh, what's happening there? Mm. Where will we go? Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep watching it, and yeah, I mean, people will keep talking about it, but hopefully, it won't be the main thing we talk about this season. And in time, we'll just get used to it and um, and carry on with it, really. So we got what we were just the, the original question was about the best result of the weekend, uh, and I, I take your point. I think Spurs was was a pretty good result for Spurs, all, all things told. 
Um, perhaps we should put them in the category of maybe the luckiest result of the weekend. Um, they, uh, yeah, I think so. a bit better. But I think um need to make a mention for Sheffield United um, getting their first win. Um, at home to um, to Palace. And they got Leicester at home, I think, this weekend. Uh, and yeah, they seem to I think if they're going to stay up, they need to make the ground. I think we talked about a little bit about this in the uh, preview pod. And if you want to listen to the preview pod, um, we did at the start of the season. It's still quite relevant, so please, uh, please bump along to that. It's the uh, the Premier League bumper preview uh, where we chatted to lots of different fans from uh, different clubs. Um, sorry, just a side plug there. Um, yeah, you got very nicely done, <laughs> including one Dan, Dan for the Sheffield United fan, I imagine, was, was loving the result of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I thought so, yeah. Um, and I, I think yeah. we talked about then about Sheffield United having to make it a bit of a fortress and grind out those, uh, or make sure they're, they're getting those wins against the clubs that you would be kind of around them. And expect Palace to be bottom half, really, wouldn't you? And um, yeah, they, they look good value for, uh, for what I saw. Um, yeah, fair play to Sheffield United. Well, they've already got four points, haven't they? And if you think, uh, I was going to say forty, but it's probably probably thirty-six. You think would keep them up, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, they do some maths. I think they're ninth for the way there, aren't they? After only two <laughs> games, um, so uh, yeah, great start for them. And then four points in the first two games are surely a bit in your hand off. And yeah, uh, you know, showing some spirit. A late, uh, you know, a late equal, uh, equaliser against Bournemouth, and, and this goal was reasonably late on as well, wasn't it? Not quite as late as that. But I think was it seventy odd minutes this one? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're they're not giving up hope, and they you know keep plugging away. Uh, fair play to them. Oh no, sorry, forty five minutes. I, say, I, thought, I thought it was a little um, bit earlier, but <laughs> I thought it was about seventy odd minutes. Um, yeah, and then showing some resilience, and, and yeah, good, good for them, and see, see how they far they can go as well. A couple of the promoted sides uh, having good starts. Mm. And I think the only other good result um, or impressive result really was uh, you know United managing to go away to Wolves and, and getting a draw. I think. Fair play to United. For that. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been all so much more, but that shit has Pogba in his uh, shit penalty. Um, yeah, why didn't, yeah, why didn't I know everyone else has talked about it, but why didn't Rashford take that? I'm, I'm not sure because Pogba gets paid more than him a week. <laughs> uh, well, Pogba's got their ego. Well, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but, but, but it amuses me. Mm. Uh, I, I wouldn't let Pogba too many, too many, near too many things myself, but I'm, I'm not his biggest fan, so perhaps not the fairest judge. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm joking aside. I think United uh, actually looked looked all right again, didn't they? And uh, yeah, perhaps they're um, they got the makings of a decent side. I'm not saying they're going to pull up trees this, this season, but um, but yeah, they're um, they look like perhaps a bit more settled now with but uh, and Saka um, and Maguire in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, they've, they've had a good start, and they've um, yeah, but definitely. Pulled away from where they ended last season, and we'll see if they can keep that really. Mm. Um, and was there a particular goal of the weekend that you thought that was um, that caught your eye? Uh, I did enjoy Pookie's one against um, against Newcastle. Probably mm. the one best one I saw was probably Nevis's last night against United. Mm. Just a really nice uh, kind of combination of beautiful placement, but well, you know the way it went crossbar and it looked probably wasn't he probably didn't hit the hardest you've ever seen, but it looked very powerful when you see one. Rattling crossbar and down, doesn't it? So yeah, I really enjoyed Nevis. Just yeah, um, aesthetically pleasing. Smash, 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 float, which doesn't smash floater <laughs> into the top corner. It doesn't really make sense, but kind of how it looks. Um, yeah, yeah, really enjoyed that one. Yeah, fair play. Um, any of any of us? Any of you in particularly enjoyed? Well, I particularly enjoyed Manny's, but um, but yeah, <laughs> that's uh, perhaps Shock. perhaps with a uh, rose tinted glasses on that one. But um, but no, I thought I think it was a decent goal. But 
Um, yeah, less less enjoyed Ings is uh, Ings is a little tap into the net. Um, but yeah, there we go. We'll uh, we'll have a little towards the end of the pod. We'll come back and do a bit of a preview on uh, next week's uh, well mouthwatering fixtures. But we'll uh, we'll we'll touch back on that uh, a bit later on. Um, so moving on to the Ashes, um, we we were going to do a bit of a a bit on, a bit of a feature on on the Ashes and talk about what's happened so far. But you've kind of jumped the gun, Jono. Got there this morning, Gareth. Uh, went uh, went back down under for the two partner down under with our regular guest KO now he's on there more than we are I think um, <laughs> and yeah we did a little review of uh, the Ashes so far and what we're expecting to come up and uh, yeah plenty of Joffre Archer chat and uh, company on there so yeah if you want to hear a bit more about the Ashes uh, please yeah check our feed and yeah uh, call it Two Pointer Down Under but you'll be able to find it in the same place uh, if you subscribe to us mm. on uh, the Two Pointer Anyway, and you know, not just saying this because because uh, you're here. In fact, I'd probably say Kale's the better better half of the uh, of the, <laughs> of the duo. But um, other than the uh, the pen clicking, uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was, it was very good. Informed, he's clearly he's going to get his pen out towards the end to uh, to write down a few names, isn't he? He's been yeah, he's getting very keen to get his uh, side there. Yeah, so he had the pen clicking away, just getting ready to write and uh, scribble <laughs> away. He, he, he comes prepared, that You got to, can't say prepared than that. No, no, not at all. Um, Okay, moving on from the Ashes then. Uh, last week we talked quite quite in depth, really, quite a lot about the old rugby, uh, up and coming World Cup, a few World Cup warm up games going on, um, and you know there was heavy heavy talk from certain areas about uh, New Zealand are they in a crisis, Wales are they in a crisis. Uh, one week on, New Zealand are, um, back to their winning ways and looks like a blip, and Wales back to their winning ways and looks like a bit of a blip. So, one two for the World Cup, aren't they? No, I don't think so. Uh, I'll, t- I'll say two different things. Let's take New Zealand first. They were eventually very impressive and kind of got back to their um, ways of, uh, you know, take very much taking their chances and giving them actually a game for Australia. Started the game quite well and had some attack, good attacking opportunities and missed a couple of early penalties that would have got them going on the scoreboard and they never really recovered. Once they had a, a good attack that. Um, broke down the ball, kind of bobbled to uh, the, I think it was the Kiwi uh, winger, and then he eventually passed it back for Aaron Smith to score, and the Kiwis kind of pulled away after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very, very impressive rebound from the Kiwis. I, I still, yeah, I think I think they still. I don't, I don't think they're a dominant force of the last two World Cups. I stand by that comment, but um, but yeah, they're still going to take some beating they've shown, and they're not going to go quietly. Um, and when when they get together, and when they they do, probably uh, still take chances and. Um, turn defence into attack better than anyone uh, at the moment. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we're not quite right the victory just yet. I still think some of their players are perhaps not what they were, and, and other players in the side did you know give away a few penalties and look slightly uh, just old or not as perhaps good as they were. The sort of the, some of their front five, I, I don't rate as highly as other teams' front fives. I, um, I, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm going to butt in here. I'm not sure you can be as uh, kind of critical of a New Zealand side that's just put Aussies 36 to 0 we're not talking about scraping through a win here you're not um, but like I say you, you, your side has got under pressure Australia missed some chances to score and then New Zealand take a chance and Australia just kind of rolled over after that um, it's I think what so it's Australia, not, it's not Australia a, wanted to lose by that many not wanting to lose no but I mean at the same time as they were very good last week Australia haven't been well beaters for the past 
four years, have they? So it's not it's not a New Zealand at home of a smashing <laughs> an amazing side. They've decided who yeah, had one good result against them, and that's probably the best result they've had in. Well, definitely is the best result they've had in four years. And you'd be picking, you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a a, a great uh, lineup to pick from in terms of that. They had kind of that was kind of the exception that proves the rule. So um, that's true. New Zealand, could, you, knew, could we, you know, New Zealand, New Zealand did. Yeah, you're right. I'm maybe a bit harsh. I'm, I suppose I'm saying, looking at the, not just, the, like this week was very good, but looking at the last uh, four internationals I've had, so the Argentina game, the South Africa game, and the two Australian games, I don't think they've, they're as impressive as they have been. This, 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 you're, right, you're right, this week is, is an impressive result and fair play to them, but um, I don't think they're as, uh, to be fit, as feared as, as much as... Um, as the previous two tournaments, and perhaps people people have you believe. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But having said that, last week it was all kind of almost like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It was almost uh, Australia, uh, the team that we were saying they've not been impressive about a year ago, and then now, and you were saying, oh well, this this time of the year is about the time they do become impressive because it's just before World Cup and they know how to peak. And um, and now we're saying <laughs> a week later, well. Australia weren't that good really uh, so it's not that impressive from New Zealand it just seems as though we're, we're just yeah we're just reacting to whatever's happened the previous week that, that's, that's, that's what we were for a podcast Gareth <laughs> gross over reactions um, <laughs> it's true. no no uh, valid and maybe got a bit overexcited in Australia we'll see on them um, you know maybe there was a bit of a letdown from them in terms of a great result and they haven't really followed it up um, or, or maybe they as they've kind of you know proven what they do have been most of the time uh, these last four years that they're not that special a team uh, we shall see but mm-hmm. yeah um, alright it's a very impressive win but New, and New Zealand will still presumably get to at least the last four um, where they'll probably get beaten by England in the semi-finals <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah I think, I think there's some I suppose I'm looking for, for hope here a bit and I, I think there's some chinks in New Zealand's armour whether they'll be a side good enough to, I think they probably will be but um, to finish your other point uh, to the comment on your other point I don't think it'll be Wales well I was going to say you know, that's enough talk of the uh, the world number two let's talk about the world number one <laughs> yeah congrats on that I'm not quite sure how when you sneak past England uh, and, Aust- and New Zealand are ahead of you smash Australia you go above but um, yeah I suppose it shows the quality of England really and big side to beat aren't we I think uh, oh well on a serious point on that bit I think it's because um Aren't England higher up in the rankings in Australia? So yeah, I guess you we get, are. I don't, get more, I don't know. more points if you like for beating a, an England than you would for an Australia. Yeah, I don't know what would you, would Australia jump forward more points for beating the number one previously? Yeah, more obviously the formula you, you're at number one and then you actually you actually got it this time rather than having it in theory and then throwing it away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so well played on that. You've um, yeah, you've, you've been a very good side the last four years, but. Uh, number two in the World Cup? No, I don't think so. Uh, and I think uh, some of the weekend perhaps shows why, really. And, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but I think uh, your game plan, especially with Dan Bigger back, and I saw JJ Williams piling into him and him and Gatlin going back at JJ Williams. You know, bullying, bullying old men. Well done, well done, uh, Bigger and Wale, uh, Bigger and Gatlin. Oh, but, but fair but, play, you know, JJ Williams. As a go of bigger, bigger puts in a man of the match performance. You know, who's laughing really? Different, different. Uh, it's the sort of tactic the Mourinho would love to do for players, and you know, he's still waiting for Luke Shaw to uh, to have a man of the match performance. But 
We didn't particularly criticise what, uh, so he didn't particularly rebuke what, rebuke what JJ Williams said. He said, it, you know, Wales uh, have been playing better and more with more attacking vigour, and you kind of know what you get with vigour, and that you, you, that was what you played with. You played the side that uh, is very good defensively and tries to limit the amount of mistakes they make, and uh, doesn't offer a load in attack really. And, and I think. I don't think you did again at the weekend, and you were back to being very good defensively that you were missing last week. But if you're going to continue this uh, plan of just being great defensively and uh, not offering loads in attack and trying to win games where you only score 10, 15 points, you, uh, I think that's a vulnerable position to be in. And I think it only takes uh, one bad performance, one slight drop, one even just one basic mistake in defence when someone comes out of the line quick enough, and you could be could be curtains for you. I think you need a bit more in attack, and I don't think we still in these last two weeks I've seen enough ideas there and enough of what you're trying to do there Jonathan Davis the week before against us even though you were getting smashed was, was very good this week didn't really see much of him at all uh, Hadley Parks was a little bit reduced George North another one who played well the week before didn't, he scored the try obviously where he had he, you know, he had no one to run against because we had about mm. 12 men on the field um, which apparently he's not covered by the uh, laws which seems crazy to me <laughs> you can have a player running off but uh, yeah, apparently it's not mentioned in the laws at all. Um, Just but, quick, yeah, quick thinking, wasn't it? Oh, no, very smart. Uh, it's, it's, I'll say it seems like the player who shouldn't be on the pitch is allowed to still be on the pitch and play on, but <laughs> if that's the rules, that's the rules. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I didn't see much change in your attacking options or your attacking plan or, or just what you're trying to do there. And I think over the course of, uh, maybe not so much the group stage, although UV Australia will be interesting, but maybe over the course of knockouts, that game plan will be severely tested. I'm not sure it'll be able to hold up. But, but, but before we pan our game plan completely, though, let, you know, let, if we sure, just take sure. it on a on a two week basis, it is only as much as I'm um, sort of tongue in cheek saying about you know we're now number one in the world. This is the games where you're testing out kind of um, strategies, testing out tactics, testing out game plans. Last week there was a it was an open door policy in that uh, you, you will try and outscore you but you can score as many as you want um, without us being defensively I wonder whether this week Gatlin said right forget attacking this week what I want to concentrate on this week and he, he may have said, I don't know he may not have said this behind closed doors but he may have said behind closed doors I don't really care if we lose what I want to make sure is we don't concede a try or we don't concede less we concede less than two tries last, last week we conceded what five tries four tries um, maybe it was you know to, to re, refocus our tactics um, and what you know get back to what we're really good at, uh, and it, part of me doesn't quite agree with the, lack, the the idea that there was there was no attack. There was there was some attack. It, granted, it wasn't as good as what we have been when we have been very good. But again, we're, we're two games into pre-season. Effectively, uh, we're still another six weeks away from the start of the opening uh, Wales game for the World Cup. Um, we don't need to be showing all our hand in all our um, tacking moves and our uh, runners off the ball and running from deep and we, we don't need to be doing all that now You don't but I mean this isn't uh, one nil win for Blackburn sorry just uh, getting there full time <laughs> <laughs> um, such a good fan uh, yeah no you, you don't need to be giving everything away sure, uh, sure but um, I, I, I don't what what's going to change particularly in this? You you've played with bigger for most of the last few years, and kind of um, your best spell recently has probably been with Ankum Scott Enskum starting bottom me, and bigger coming off the bench as kind of a super sub where he um, mm. you know he, his his up and unders are uh, 
a nice change up, I suppose, and a bit of a difference, and, and really work effectively. Whereas, um, yeah, it was, it was plenty of that on the weekend, and it's um, it's not a bad tactic, and he's obviously immense at reclaiming them himself. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be slightly concerned a Wales fan if if you've got enough to offer going forward would, would be my worry. I, I still think your type five lacks a little bit as well. Um, yeah, outside of Alan Wynn, of course, who, who was back to his very best the, sort of the week before. I thought we went after him. Your point about the tactics thing, uh, yeah, I mean, I know last week I saw Gatlin said um, that we were trying new things. I saw as soon as we lost this week that Jones was saying the same thing. It was almost <laughs> the same quote from each other. So, um, yeah, we win. <laughs> it's going to be one. But, but I suppose it is true, as you said, it is pre-season and we'll see where they go. Um, but, yeah, I think your original question, are you in New Zealand going to be one and two? I don't think so. I think, uh, as I probably said a previous thing as well, I think you're... Uh, your floor is very high. You know your the bottom of your your ability or where you'll go is is you know very good and very consistent. I don't think your ceiling is as high as some other teams, and we'll see how much that matters come World Cup time. If your consistency can can drag you through or not, or if you know you'll be found wanting in a certain big game against someone. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's a fair point. I assume not being as high as others, but floor being higher than the most. I think I, I think um, Gatlin's got us in a way. That we know how to win, and we've proven that over the last 12, 14 months. Um, we've if you want a couple of, uh, of interesting stats, um, the All Blacks, uh, the same games that uh, the, the teams that <laughs> I'll try and start again. All the teams <laughs> that the, uh, the All Blacks have lost to in the last three years, in the last year, so they've lost to three teams. Uh, Wales have beaten all those three teams. Um, Wales have, a, have been winning games um, at a higher rate than the All Blacks in the last uh, 12 months. Um, it, 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 there's, there's just the stats to back up that Wales do know how to win games. Um, obviously, Six Nations and um, the Autumn Internationals last year as well. But why uh, the World Cup is just a, a tournament at the end of the day that you, you don't need to produce your best rugby, you don't need to be the best team in the world, you just need to lift the cup at the end of the, the competition. Yeah, I think um, yeah, a valid point that you um, you do you have found a way to win over recent times, uh, and yeah, that is I think Gatlin said it a while ago. You kind of forgotten how to lose, and that's a great place to to be in if you're a, a Welshman. Um, and yeah, um, I'd, I'd I don't think there'd be a, a time that I can remember that, that I'd be more confident if I was a Welsh fan uh, going into a World Cup. Um, mm. I don't know, maybe the 87 one, I think you went to a reasonable level, didn't you? Was it 87 or 90 when you went to the semis, maybe? And then in 2011, you went back to the semis, didn't you? But yeah, I think this team's probably a better um, version of that. So yeah, you, you know, I'd, I'd be very happy if I was a fan. I, I'll just say, if you ask me for prediction, I, I don't think you'll... I don't think you'll make the final. I think you'll probably make the semis and then we'll see how you get. But, but yeah, we don't know. We don't know how the draw will turn out and who you'll get. And it could open up nicely for you it could mm. not um, but as we said before and we'll come back to it again it's it's looking very interesting and from an English perspective we were kind of back to the same issues uh, the weekend <laughs> we tried game uh, game, you know, uh, game plan one and we didn't do that we got we actually second half thought we showed a bit of a different way of trying to get back into the match but still wasn't enough to win for it uh, so we're kind of the side of um Whereas Wales will kind of sit back and you know go back on uh, structure and limiting mistakes and backing that your fitness will come through. We're kind of if we get over the game line, then we're very very good. If we don't get over the game line consistently, we're uh, a bit out of ideas um, yeah. and and that kind of reared its head again. And 
Uh, yeah, so it was nice that we made a bit more of an effort in the second half and didn't completely capitulate. Um, and kind of got it back to 10 6. I thought at that one stage we had a good chance, but you kind of pulled away. So, um, yeah, like I say, I think our peak is very good, but if we can produce that peak at enough times, it is is where mm. I worry for an Eng Eng Englishman, really. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to be looking forward to when jo uh, Jonathan Joseph comes back because he'll probably give you a bit more uh, bit more quality midfield, doesn't he? He was very good the week before, Gareth. He didn't really get any ball in. <laughs> didn't really get any ball again. But, uh, yeah, as I say, uh, no, no, Jonathan Davies didn't, didn't do a lot, you know. Obviously, you <laughs> see him one week and shut him down the next week. <laughs> yeah, can't share the defensive. Just, just the last thing on this, then. Um, would you like to know uh, who had the... You're saying that it was kind of... Uh, a defensive performance from Wales. Would you like to know who had the most tackles on uh, on uh, on Saturday? Oh, did we have more tackles? Did we? Your well, your top tackler was was the top tackler. <laughs> so it was an Englishman who was the top tackler with fifteen tackles. Any guesses on who? Oh yeah, I think you you probably had more of the ball, so it wouldn't shock me if you did. I, I just think you were back to sort of being a very solid side, and then. Um... Yeah, I suppose you kind of went through the fight. But yeah, but it wasn't dissimilar to the Six Nations game. I think Six Nations game, you had a bit more about you. But um, you kind of you, you, you played territory very well in a fairly defensive-based game plan, really, and kind of play territory and see if we'll make a mistake. And um, you picked off, well, you picked off the penalties, didn't you? You picked off the try um, off, yeah, off a silly mistake from us again, really. Um, mm. So, yeah, fairly, um, yeah, playing the percentages, and you, you did it well. Uh, I was actually trying to give you a bit of a compliment. So who, you meant to be guessing who's the uh, who was the tackler that got the most tackles? Uh, most tackles at the weekend. Who took? Who did quite a lot? Let's say Courtney Laws. No, Lewis Ludlam. Uh, I Which now makes him he has thirty-four tackles without missing a single one in the England shirt. Yeah, he's he's been impressive. I like the look of him. Mm. Uh, I, I don't. Think he'll start if everyone's fit, but um, with, with with Curry and Underhill, they both have picked up injuries quite a, quite a, quite, a bit, quite a bit recently. So neither are guaranteed to start. And yeah, he looks um, yeah, he looks an impressive physical specimen. Love them, um, and certainly a good players to take to the squad uh, in the squad. And yeah, kind of fits what we seem to want to do. Really, a power person who sends people back in tackles and, and is decent with you know trying to get him over the game line as well. So yeah, I like the look of him. Yeah, fair play. Um, right, just a few. Sort of quick. Uh, oh, I say quick. This could this could turn into a very long quick, but uh, a few quick hits towards the end of the uh, the podcast. Um, and to the yard over the weekend, going to deepest darkest Russia. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, they're um, they've they've sort of made it into an interesting fight, haven't they? Yard and his um his trainer Sunday Ajay, who um who's been talking a lot recently, and if you, if you listen to him and look into <laughs> it more, they've got this um. Whole whole system basically thing. Strategy that, um, strategy nine is it? Or yeah, system, system nine. nine is it? System nine. System yeah. nine. I think it is. Yeah, that um, basically kind of turns common boxing understanding on its head, and a lot of the focus of it is around lack of sparring. Um, your your training is mainly around kind of uh, pad work and putting together combinations and doing that again and again and again. And so you've got these kind of patterns and things sort of ingrained in yourself, and they're not um, yeah not putting yourself into um, you know sort of heavy duty spars where you're getting hit by sparring partners and stuff and trying to do that um, and yeah the if you listen to Sunday Jai he's, he's a very entertaining listener he's completely convinced by this and, and Yard also sounds completely convinced um, and I think to be fair to him they're not catching Kovalev at a bad time I don't think he's a Kovalev of three four years ago but um, in his backyard 
uh, and Kovalev, what Kovalev does, does still have is, is the equaliser of, of crushing power. He's called the crusher for a reason. Um, you know, he's knocked out a lot of his opponents. And I know he won his last fight on points, and he's, he's no Muppet. You know, if you watch the first Andre Ward fight, Kovalev can box too. Um, mm. He was, a lot of people thought he outpointed Ward that night. Um, he, he put him down once, but he also boxed a very clever fight. But that was probably his best, and I think I think the two Ward fights overall took a lot out of Kovalev, probably probably mentally as much as, as physically. Um, so I think he's he is uh, he's probably on the downslope of at his best. Um, but in his own country, with that power and with Yard having not shown me enough other than this great system, I'll I'll back Kovalev to probably knock him out uh, eight nine something like that. Mm. Yeah, but I'd love to. I'd love to see Yard prove me wrong, and I love for this system nine to be the new thing. And for yeah, Tunder Jai, he, he sounds great, and he, he's very entertaining for him to suddenly get a load of influx of new people. And yeah, go and prove me wrong, boys. Uh, best of luck, and I'll certainly be supporting Yard, but uh, I don't don't see him winning, unfortunately. It's sort of interesting thing, though, that it, although it's um, it's in foreign foreign lands for Yard, it's potentially in a foreign land for uh, Kovalev as well. Coming from is it LA that he's normally based and. Um, yeah, perhaps doesn't want to really go back to the deepest, darkest Russia to uh, to do this fight, but it's all part of the uh, the kind of the, the pantomime um, and creating that character that he's kind of Russian's hero. Would that be about right, or is that just just uh, people trying to clutch at straws? No, I don't think he's um yeah he's he's based he, uh, largely in Florida, isn't he? And I don't know when his last fight in Russia was, but he's, his last few would have been in America. So I don't think he's fought in Russia for a little while, um, as far as I'm aware. So. Yeah, I don't know if he's. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's beloved really. Uh, he's probably yeah. He's and he's he's coming back having lost his titles to Ward and then sort of uh, then losing another one to the uh, the Alvarez lad and then winning it back. Um, mm. One of the titles. So yeah, it's probably it's, it's probably. I wouldn't say it's going to be Rocky Four hostile for in the yard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure they'll still get behind him. It's just uh, yeah, just be a completely different alien environment to yard, and we'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't know uh, how. I don't think Kovalev's a, a huge hero there, probably just a decent one, really. Yeah. Oh, well, let's hope uh, System 9 works. Um, and then, moving on from boxing to uh, a bit of cycling, we're back into the, the third of the three Grand Tours uh, for the year, Johnson. Um, the Vuelta is almost upon us. It is, yeah, this weekend. Any, uh, any thoughts on that? Any British hopes? No, not British hopes. I'm seeing. I actually had a look at the odds uh, yesterday when we were talking about this, Gareth, and they're um, they're, yeah, they're surprising to me. Um, yeah, the I see Roglic is is quite a heavy favourite to be fair. Um, at nine to four, he's best price mm. to get him at, and I think that's rather short for the, the Roglic we saw in Italy. I know he's kind of the, the, uh, the Giro. I know he's a favourite going into that, and he has been had a, a good rest not going into the Tour mm. de France, but that still seems a bit short price to me for that. Um, Miguel Angra Lopez, second favourite. Um, you can get him at about three to one, seven to two in some places. Mm. Uh, I think he's an interesting shout, and if he's not getting knocked off and punching spect- uh, his bike and getting punched in spectators afterwards, <laughs> I think he's a. Uh, um, was he was he third in the Vuelta last year? Uh, uh, behind behind Mass and uh, Yates, I think yeah. he might be new. I think yeah, he's a he's a handy climber, so I wonder if he's interesting. Uh, Carapaz is coming back for another go, and yeah, the Movistar will want to make up for their. Uh, not the greatest tour they have in the end, did they? And they've, so they've got they've gone for the usual three-headed monster of uh, this time it's Carapaz, Valverde, and Quintana, and apparently Valverde is the leader they're saying at the minute. But that will probably have changed before, before so what, Saturday. What else is Quintana then? 
Sorry? What odds it was, uh, was Quintana? The Quintana's quite long. Quintana, you can get... Uh, Valverde's uh, uh, 18's best price, so though he's the lowest 12 in the place. You can get Quintana at 20 to 1. Mm. Um, I think... I think um, uh, Movistar just just tend almost tend to win win them. I thought the Carapaz well they won by default. So they they put three GC riders up there and hopefully they'll fight it out. And but really Movistar are only there for the uh, the team classification. If they happen to win something, then brilliant. Um, and especially with all the Movistar boy Orlando um, talking, since he's moving on, uh, Quintana's rumored to be moving on and about to let people know. Where he's going, Carapaz. This will be his last tour before he goes to Ineos. Um, it just seems a bit of a, a hashtag um, group of riders put together, really. But I suppose they do have the form, at least, of, uh, of winning a Grand Tour, which uh, none of the other teams do. Um, well, obviously it, the other teams do, but uh, Ineos aren't going with anyone um, big this time. I think. Uh, is, is it David, uh, David Lopez or is it, no David Dela Cruz? Sorry, um, he's I think they're big. Uh, they're him and someone else leading them, isn't it? So Tim yeah, Harden going. Not not the big not the big names for uh, for Team Sky. Mm. Uh, I think I think you're right about Movistar though. It could very easily go wrong in the fact that uh, two out of them three leaders are, are going. Um, the other one I suppose is interesting. He seems slightly long to me after his Tour de France form. Is uh, Stephen Krajicek? Uh, he's at twelve to mm. one best price. Um, and you know he's very impressive at the tour and, and looked mostly unbreakable for, for most of it until sort of the very end when Bernal got away from him a couple of times. Um, mm. I don't know if he's not been in a good form recently. Or they just think he's going to be a bit knackered after the tour. But I yeah, fourth favourite, um, quite I a think, bit behind. I think his teammate Roglic. That's the pattern, though, isn't it? That those that haven't been on the tour, so um, they've had a bit of a break, um, are, seem to be a shorter odds than those that just did the tour and are now going into the Vuelta. Yeah, you think, um, yeah, I suppose you can look at it either way, can't you? I, I think the tour would be given some form and some, you'd think some real fitness, but I, I guess it's such a brutal thing, isn't it? That, um, <laughs> yeah. that they, um, you know, they, they fall off their bikes at various different times as well, don't they? That maybe mm. it's just a, it's how well you can recover from it. But um, yeah, I mean, Krajstek and, and Roglic are probably, yeah, they're a, a pretty fearsome team. And we'll see interesting to see if they can work together. But it's another one that's. Um, a bit like we, oh yeah, I suppose a bit like all the Grand Tours really. Um, in the end, the the tour ended up in, in Team Sky's hands as it usually does. But they've all looked reasonably open, and I wouldn't say mm. there's a bit of clear favour in any of them. And, and the world no. looks like, with a, uh, you know, with a few of the the Sky big names being away, it looks pretty open again. And with De Milan still injured, um, and he's on the move now, isn't he? Yeah. Um, you know that it looks like another. It should hopefully be an insane tour. It, it sounds like it's quite. A, from what I was reading yesterday, it's quite a punishing schedule and quite a lot of early. Bit like the tour, it looks like they've got a couple of hard stages early, so hopefully it'll get some early, some yeah, some action early up, and we'll see. Uh, see some more fun racing, and yeah, some some early, you know, the GC being blown apart, and yeah, ho- hopefully the teams have to go from there and attack, and all sorts of weird and wonderful things come out. Moby Stark and you know try and attack from uh, from 200 kilometres out again, and see how that works from. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna pick somebody, you're gonna go with someone or. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not it's not a wild shout. But I'd probably go Lopez if I was forced to. Put, I think I did put some money on Lopez yesterday. I'll, I'll still, <laughs> still, I think I'll put a couple of quid on Quintana and hope the one down going to win it. a bit, but um, but I won't hold my breath on that one. Yeah, I want a Roglic to win uh, the uh, the um, the Giro. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna put my neck out and uh, go for the favourite to uh, to win. <laughs> We're uh, a bold pair, aren't we? <laughs> We're both the favourite and the second favourite. Uh, 
Anyway, moving on from cycling and uh, going back to football. There's a few uh, few games this this well everyone's playing uh, this uh, <laughs> this weekend, but the uh, the big standout game is the the top two in the Premier League meeting each other, Jano. It is. It's uh, my uh, well, your boys against my sort of boys. Um, yeah, obviously <laughs> Liverpool up at, up at Anfield. Don't don't um, walk away from your boys now at the top of the league and embrace it. Yeah, but Blackburn just won there, didn't they, Gary? So, you know, I'm very much a prisoner at the moment, aren't I? Um, go, go, where the, uh, go where the latest win is. Um, I think we even had a, even had a barmaid in about uh, Arsenal, didn't we, this week? We, well, that nice little segue. Um, we did have a barmaid, barmaid this week. Uh, Dan from, from back there, London. Um, wanted to ask us, I think, off the back of last week, we were perhaps, a, or I was maybe a bit dis- disparaging about uh, Jacques and I know uh, Granite Jacker is uh, he's become one of your heroes of, uh, of modern uh, of the last couple of years of, uh, of Arsenal football club. And I suppose the question was probably uh, a bit tongue in cheek, but will um, will Granite Jacker ever be Arsenal captain? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure he is. No. Um, and I think the, <laughs> the fact that a week after he is club captain, he's then. Uh, not starting. Um, it was he's out of the squad. I'm going, was he injured at the weekend? Uh, just I, I thought he was away and thought it was just good news. Sorry, um, I, I, yeah. I said, will he ever be captain? Will he ever make a good captain? Never mind what he's going to make. Will make captain. good. <laughs> sorry, misheard you a bit there. Um, I, I can see the thinking behind it. He's, he's been sadly he's been at the club for one of the longest spells of anyone now. You know, with the the likes of um, Theo Walcott and Carl Jenkins and disappear and the Arsenal. Players who've been there for quite a while, I suppose Nacho Monreal would be another one. Um, yeah, they're, they're few and far between now. There's not um, a core of, and, uh, I suppose Callum Chambers has been there a long while, but never really there. There's not really a core of players who've been there. So he kind of gets nap and maybe they're thinking in a really optimistic way that it'll be a bit like sort of Steven Gerrard, that you know when he was sort of young and a bit um, uh, footloose and fancy free in a way, you know, sort of dived into challenges on the football pitch and got himself sent off a couple of times and. And you know, Jacker does the same thing where he has been sent off and, and dives in stupidly and does silly things. Uh, and yeah, the captaincy was probably a bit the making of Gerard. But the difference there being, just think Gerard's a lot better at football than uh, Granite Jacker. Um, and uh, yeah, Jacker, I've still, I've really wanted him to succeed for Arsenal ever since he's been there. But he's never quite done it, apart from the occasional nice pass he splays out to um, the fullbacks, usually or a winger. Uh, he doesn't. Track oh, yeah. him in well, he, he he doesn't follow the ball well. He just yeah, he's not he's not that good. So I'm um, yeah, I'm not I'm not knocking him into captaincy. Will particularly make him any have more any football sense than he, he's shown already. Yeah, I think you've been generous by saying he's not that good. Uh, I think he's uh, I think he's absolutely dreadful. Um, I couldn't tell you one thing that he does well apart from even even the screamers that he hits. What one one two a season? Um, I, I'd hate to. We used we used to have, with John Alarisi. I always used to have shots and he scores some screamers on match today and you think oh I bet he could hit a ball and if you watched him for 90 minutes you'd realise that he has 10 of those shots every game uh, I imagine Jack would to be something similar um, so Arsenal fans would probably tell us whether that's true or not but yeah he's a liability possession he's a liability uh, when he's tackling um, he's not particularly prolific uh, goal scorer um, I just I struggle to see he's not great in the air um, for all his quotes and his talk of being kind of a, a bit of a reputation, a bit of a hard man, um, yeah, I struggle to see it really. I think uh, I think I'd rather Ozil. Um, that probably uh, probably <laughs> probably says it enough for me, really. Um, yeah, he is. 
yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think he's a, he can be a nice player. He's not got bad left foot in terms of spraying, but yeah, there's not loads. Of, yeah, I wouldn't be quite as harsh as I said before. I think. Um, he's okay, but he, he probably doesn't look the footballer of uh, all. Segue back to the game, Gareth, like uh, Danny Tobias, who was uh, we haven't mentioned mm, yet, but was no. become the star of Arsenal's weekend. I think, I think um, it was quite a lot of talk of Arsenal being quite pleased after beating Burnley two in at home, uh, which. I don't think it was a huge. I don't think Burnley are Muppets, but yeah, you expect to be. But um, the performance of Sabias was very encouraging and exciting, really. And um, you know, it's a shame that he's probably only going to be there for a year and kind piss of back to Real Madrid. But for an Arsenal, I think just just enjoy the ride. Um, and, you know, hope that he keeps playing very well. He looks very calm and composed, and just yeah, just faster on the ball. Um, you know, he, and he, but he also did the nice thing that Jack doesn't do when he lost the ball. At the weekend, he went and won it back, and that ball then fell to Aubameyang for the second goal, didn't it? Um, so he actually went, yeah, and, yeah. you know, when he went and closed down space quickly, whereas you know Xhaka loses the ball, and he just sort of wanders into space where he sort of hit it towards, and then then he's out of position, whereas um, Sabah's pressed quickly, won it back. Um, yeah, he, he looks he looks exciting. I think yeah, Arsenal, let's enjoy him. Um, we'll be interested to see if they're going to try and play him at number ten role and, and instead of Ozil all season, or if he'll perhaps play a bit deeper. And, Play alongside again, Buzia, Torreira. Um, he, he looks probably better a bit higher on the pitch, but that's I suppose where Arsenal have got a few more options. Um, so yeah, Arsenal kind of this summer it looks like they built on sort of stronger areas really, and just kind of went carried on <laughs> getting attacking players. It'd be interesting to see if Pepe finally starts the game this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be I'd be tempted to try him just to see if he could perhaps push back a bit, uh, Robertson or Alexander, or probably more like Alexander Arnold. Um, just to yeah, give it a bit more to think about because you're, I think, at your best, and a lot of your chances come from your blanks, don't they? So if you've got a way of potentially pinning back one of those two um, players and stopping them getting their 15 assists a season, or whatever they're getting each, I think you'd try it. But um, yeah, Arsenal, um, you, you'll need whoever they play in that midfield, and I don't think Jack is the one. Um, yeah, to be able to control the pace of the game a bit more and slow down your um, your constant attacks, and whether Arsenal can get past your press will be. Um, a struggle and then yeah that's before you even get the ball to you know Mane and Salah running at uh, uh, Socrates and Louise uh, yeah it doesn't fill me with yeah, thoughts of joy that I, I think you've um, there's, a, there's potential for both sides really to, to get a hat fully I mean Liverpool haven't started off great in defence uh, Adrian's been okay since he's come in but poor bloke he's you know a week ago he thought he was going to be uh, well, two weeks ago he thought he was he wasn't going to have a club, and then uh, a week ago he was perhaps uh, just thinking that he'll only get um, a bit of part of time in the uh, in the League Cup. So yeah, he's he's done well um, to suddenly just jump in straight away, and then he got clobbered by a fan last uh, last week after the Super Cup. So uh, yeah, he's not had the best of time of it really, and I think the defence, whether that's uh, well, it can't even be because of the goalkeeper, because you know we, we were struggling a little bit with um, even with a, a fully fit Allison uh, on the pitch at the uh, right at the start of the Norwich game. Um, I think we've had looked open and a bit lethargic at the back, um, and maybe that's a bit of a hangover from last season. Who knows? But I think you we're there to be got at really, and equally, I think you're definitely there to be got at. So I think it's got the makings of a, of a cracking game. I think. I've read somewhere the uh, the last uh, seven meetings between Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, so all the games since Klopp took over. Uh, there's an average. Do you want to know what the average of how many goals a game is? Uh, I mean, we, I, I can think of. I think you've won two four nil. I can remember, and there was a there was a three or Christmas time, wasn't there? So let's say three and a half. 
Yeah, average of five goals a game. Um, Christ. <laughs> last year, goals. last year was five-one, which uh, I think I was there for that one. And then it, there was a one-all, and a three-all, a four-nil, a three-one, a four-three, and a three-three. So, um, yeah, there's certainly there's certainly goals to be had. Um, if anything of the uh, of the history tells us, uh, it's a half-five kickoff uh, under the lights at Anfield. It's just got to the makings of a yeah, a bit like last year, really. Just a, I think last year there was. Four goals inside the first minute. Um, so yeah, it's got the makings of a of a cracking game. Um, who knows? Four goals for the first minute. Do you mean the first twenty or saying, or is it? Uh, sorry, first half. Yeah, first minute. First yeah. half. Yeah. Uh, um, certainly, I think it was two goals in the first ten minutes because uh, Arsenal scored. Arsenal went ahead. Yeah, no, really. Really, same same four nil. It was they were one nil. Uh, who was it? Put it. Was it Awobi or someone? No, it wasn't Awobi. It was yeah. They went ahead, didn't they? And then Firmino uh, the just, came, just went straight back to the back. end. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I suppose I hope you're right and that you're, you're open and vulnerable. But if, if I'm lived by at least, I've got got confidence to know that we had a very strong defence last year and we've got a hmm. foundation to build on there. As Arsenal, it's a completely new defence, isn't it? It'll be yeah. Louis, probably Louise's and Socrates' second game together, um, and they, they they could work. I, I don't think they're two terrible defenders. I don't think they they necessarily complement each other brilliantly, but not terribly either. I, don't, I think. Both are fairly solid without, you know, Louise is probably a bit pacey, so Christ probably a bit more physical, but, you know, they're still getting to know each other and, you know, Mane, Firmino and Salah aren't the players to get to know yourself each other against because they're not going to give you a minute and, uh, yeah. any time. Uh, yeah, well, similarly, if, if we can get your full-backs and pin back and Van Dijk's not his imperious best, and I guess they'll play Matip again, will they? Um, yeah. Play Matt, uh, or, or Gomez, you know, if, if they're... You know, you've got so Arsenal definitely got the players to make people think, but I think at Anfield you should be too strong, and I hope, hope I'm proven wrong. I hope, um, yeah, much like Spurs, can Arsenal come up and, and show a bit of resilience and, and nick a nick a point? But yeah, yeah. I, I certainly don't see Arsenal winning, and I'd be be well happy with a draw to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I would I would be disappointed not to win, um, especially if, uh, if yeah, kind of recent years of our, our performances against you. And, um, yeah, everything that we've just talked about there, really, I think it's like I say, it's got the makings of a of uh, quite a few goals um, so bring on the nil-nil <laughs> or bring well what's, what's bound to happen is Jacques gets a hat-trick isn't it but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, 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 would, that would be something <laughs> failing that I'll, uh, I'll go for um, I'll go for a 3-1 win to, to Liverpool um, that was about the thought I had in my head as well so God, I'll be probably a more child 2-1 Liverpool <laughs> uh, just a couple of other interesting fixtures over the weekend I think Norwich at home to Chelsea um Oh, there's, there's, like it. there's an option for it's the lunchtime kickoff. Um, Norwich will be buzzing from their first win of the season. Chelsea uh, sort of showing signs of decent uh, performances, but not yeah not without setting the world alight. Um, had a couple of chances against Leicester to, to put the game out of sight and didn't, and then lucky to cling on and sort of the same thing with United, wasn't it really? But um, but then played well in the, uh, the Super Cup, so. Yeah, I, th- I think there, there's a potential there for a, a bit of an upset. Um, I think we we joked on the uh, first game of the season, or before the first game of the season, about whether if uh, Frank Lampard didn't have a win in August, would he still be there? Um, I think that winless streak in August could, could, could set to continue. Um, yeah, they just um, they look a bit short of goals, don't they, Chelsea? It's um, it looks like he's sort of trying to make, and they like you said, they're not playing bad football. They look all right going forward, but. Um, yeah, you just look at it and you think it's Giroud or Abraham. Neither of them is a 
20 goal season man or even 15 you'd be probably happy with 10 from both of them I mean Giroud scored a few more in the past but I don't think he'll play enough and then it's one of Mount or Pulisic, both you know unknowns who are trying to prove themselves, and I think will both probably be good players. And then you're looking at the Pedro, or is it William? Um, good players who've been, well, William particularly has been good in the past. Pedro's never really seen the world of light. And then you, you know, you're back at Kante or Jardino. There's there's a lack of goals in Chelsea side, and if they can't start getting any soon, then mm. yeah, anyone's got a chance against them. And if uh, you know Norwich have got the best striker in the Premiership at the moment in uh, Timor Puki. Mm. Um, why, you know, what, why, why couldn't they? Yeah, so I, I could agree with you. I don't, I don't know. I'll probably still back a Chelsea win, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was a draw. Um, and yeah, I'd love Norwich to, to, to prove me wrong and uh, go and get another win. That'd be um, superb, really. But <laughs> yeah, um, Lampard's, they haven't looked bad. They haven't looked bad yet, um, but uh, they haven't looked great either. And, and yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd fancy go. I think it's a good time to get him if you're Norwich. Yeah, and the only other game I pointed out, I don't know whether there was any that you saw, but uh, Friday night is Villa against Everton. Um, again, uh, you'd fancy that Everton would, be too, Everton would be too strong for Villa, uh, certainly on paper. Um, Everton not had the, the, I don't want to say not the greatest start of the season. I think they've, they've um, yeah, they've, they've been okay. They've been a bit of a disappointing nil-nil with Palace and then a, a 1-0 win against Watford. Um, they got the win and but again, from the sound of it, there's uh, there's some kind of signs of some good football. Um, this keen lad, not quite getting into it, but showing signs of uh, of great promise. Um, and yeah, you, you fancy Everton to be uh, quite a dangerous side this season. And, and Villa, on the other hand, they've they've spent quite a lot and look good in parts against uh, Spurs, but then a bit of a shock result. Um, well, not a shock result, perhaps, but. You'd expect them to have got something against Bournemouth at home, which they didn't, and um, yeah, it makes them suddenly of the three promoted teams the one team that's kind of not got a win or not got a point, and um, yeah, looking the most shaky three games in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like you say, it's early days, but um, yeah, if you're if you're a side that comes up, you want to try and get as many points on the board as quick as you can because you're you're on that race to thirty five forty, aren't you? And mm. it's it's not an easy game. Um, it's yeah, great for them to. Have games back at Villa Park, but yeah, you know Bournemouth uh, have been a uh, you know regular Premiership side for a few years now, and then managed to to get the win against them now after scoring a couple of goals early and holding on. So yeah, Villa, um, yeah, they'll you know it's only three games in, but they'll be I think feeling the pressure and um, yeah, I think they just want to at least get a point on the board. But I'm, I'm not sure Everton will let them get away with that. I think it'll probably be a narrow Everton sort of a two-one win, something like that. But mm. um, yeah, it'd be. I'm sure we bounce in Villa Park and hopefully that can, can get them somewhere on, on a Friday night. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go uh, just to be open. I'll be uh, I'll go a Villa draw, a Norwich win and a Liverpool win. Um, and you're doing what, an Everton win. Everton, you, uh, Chelsea yeah, and Chelsea, Liverpool. Chelsea, yeah. yeah, Liverpool still, I think. Yeah. You, you just carry on picking all their favourites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'll keep sticking my neck out. Uh, right, I think that's uh, that's it for this week. Um, thanks very much for, for joining us. Again, if you want to send us any questions or any comments or criticisms, we, you know we welcome all, don't we, Jono? We do. Bring it on. Um, yeah, at Pinter Two for Facebook and Twitter. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Bye.